0: Today's scripture reading comes from a variety of passages selected from Proverbs. Can be found on page four. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding Proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, my sons, to a father's instruction Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning of all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. To answer before listening, that is folly and shame. If anyone turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable. The word of the Lord.
1: You guys listening? We're gonna preach in Thai today. You know? <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just trying to wake you all up. But uh, um, the first part was Viet, by the way. So, uh, but anyways, um, Before we get started, I just really want to give you guys a little bit of a taste of what missions was like uh, when Reagan and I lived overseas. So I just want to give you guys a quick little snapshot. So it's going to be on the screen real quick. Sorry, technical difficulty. We're trying to figure out different layers and whatnot. We're trying to get the video on. <laughs> Monkeys. Oh. oh, awesome! Well, thank you guys, stream team, for getting that up. Um, for those of you guys who are um, new to Trinity, uh, you might not know this, but my wife Reagan and I used to live overseas before we started working here, um, and we were part of a church planting network. Uh, she was with Avant, and I was with MTW. Um and Reagan worked in a smaller beach town um, about f- four hours south of Bangkok, and I was in Bangkok, which is four hours north. And one of the crucial aspects about being a missionary uh, was not so much that we needed to know everything about uh Thailand or that we needed to understand how to expound every passage of scripture, but we knew that we needed to learn how to listen. Listen to the language, listen to the people, listen to the culture. And in order to become better missionaries, we enrolled in Thai school. Uh, Reagan was in a Thai language school in in a different town called Lopuri, and she was there for full-time learning language for a whole year, and then another two years part-time. And I was in language school for at least three to four hours a day, listening to Thai, writing in Thai, speaking in Thai. And I don't know about you all, but I also took Spanish from junior high all the way to college, and I can't speak, (laughs) I can't even order from Taco Bell, right? Like, it's so hard to be able to, like, speak because I'm always embarrassed with my Spanish. Um, So I knew going into learning Thai that I had to do something different. And so one of the things that I did, well, before that, um, on our team, there was this little boy named Wyatt. He was two years old, and he was the son of our missions team leader, Andrew. And it was wonderful every time I came to eat dinner with him and his family, uh, just to be able to watch him because he would come and say, hi, Mr. David, hi, Mr. David. And then he would butcher his words, say the wrong things, say inappropriate things, do things that you should not say to other people if you're an adult. But it was so life-giving because it taught me that in order to learn to speak and learn to hear, you be as a child, right? And learning to speak ultimately requires us to not just hear things, but to listen well, right? And one of the techniques that I use in order to learn my Thai, to learn languages, is to watch the same movie over and over, right? And there's a Thai dub movie, uh, a Disney movie, uh, that I found myself watching over and over because I loved it so much, and it was a satire called Enchantment. Or Enchanted, sorry, Enchanted. (laughs) It taught me the words of real-life situations, right, that happen on a daily basis, right? People eating together, people falling in love, kids arguing with their parents to do dangerous things, how to take in a homeless woman, how to get animals to do your chores. And it helped me to understand the context of what I was learning. And everywhere I went in Bangkok, I would try to listen. I would try to see how people ordered food. I would speak to other people. I would try to listen to how they speak to each other and then how do they share their lives together. And it was really difficult at the beginning because everything, as you guys know, if you've ever lived in a foreign place or gone to a new location in America, you have to adapt to the new culture. And even if you're speaking the same language, those same words could mean exactly the opposite things. And eventually one day... You know what, after learning and pouring myself into, swimming in the language, I just woke up and, <laughs> and just understood, right? I wish, I wish I could say, like, oh, you know, like, there was this definitive moment. It was a, a gradual, gradual sensation of, like, oh, these words are starting to make sense. And, and, and you know what, what I realized from this, the big reason why Spanish never took root was because I never lived it. I just stuck to studying, right? I I read my textbook, I took my tests, I spoke to other classmates who read the book, and and I didn't interact with any other Spanish-speaking natives for fear of embarrassment, right? And much of that was because I didn't want to look stupid. I wonder, though, after much thinking about this, if that's the way that we live our Christian lives. We were not only made to read a book. God actually made us to listen. And as you guys are following along and taking notes, you know, I want to start us off with the first point, which is not on the slide, so don't worry about it, (laughs) Wilfred. But um, the first point is a wise person is a listening person, right? So Proverbs 1, chapter uh, chapter 1, verses 5 to 7 says this, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. For understanding Proverbs, parables, and saying riddles of the wise, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so one of the things that struck me when I first started studying Proverbs was the way in which it describes a wise person. And it's not what you and I would think, right? Some of the misconceptions that we have is that a person who is wise has it all together. Has the infinite amount of knowledge, right? Is the oracle, is the person who has all the, the secrets of life. They are self sufficient. They don't require anybody else's help, right? They always know the right answer. But what we see here in the scriptures is that a wise person is not someone like that at all, but a person who listens. Because a wise person is a listening person, a wise person is willing to learn. And a wise person is not afraid of correction, but they want to be instructed. A wise person knows that only God ultimately has the right answers, right? And what's also interesting as you guys are studying Proverbs is that when you flip through the entire Bible, what you see is that it's not just in proverbs. The call to listen is scattered throughout scripture. Right in James chapter 1, which we read during the liturgy today, it says, "Understand this, my dear brothers, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry." Luke 11:28 says, "Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it." Matthew 7:24 says, "Anyone who listens to my teaching follows it is wise, like a person who builds on solid rock, or sorry, builds a house on solid rock. Philippians chapter four, verse nine says, keep put, keep putting into practice all that you learned and receive from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. And then the God of peace will be with you. As we've been studying this past few weeks in the book of Proverbs, last week we looked into friendship, right? Before we looked into reconciliation and justice to the poor, compassion, and we've even looked into how to, how to resolve conflict, and even understanding technology, one thing that links all these things together is listening. right? And now, listening is interesting because it can take many different forms for different people. It's not simply you and me just taking auditory signals into our brains. right? Because if that's true, then what about our deaf and hard of hearing friends? Right? How do they communicate with one another? Right? Or when you and I text one another, we get a feeling sometimes that the other person on the other side doesn't really understand. Or how about when we look onto social media, we see that even though they're talking to each other in text, they're not communicating. And that's because at the end of the day, listening is not about just sounds the biblical definition of listening means to avail oneself of our full attention, right? Availing ourselves to the full attention to God. And that leads us to our second point, which is what then is listening? Proverbs chapter four, verses one and two says this. Listen, my sons, to the Father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. I give you sound learning, so do not forsake my teaching. And so what we see is that clearly a young person, although we worship young people, we love young entrepreneurs and rich entrepreneurs and all those types of things here in our culture, ultimately the Bible says it's not so much the young that have all the knowledge, but the people who have experienced life. And it tends to be the fathers and mothers and parents and people that have gone before us. And so God, the ultimate father, the ultimate parent, desires for us to listen to him as children. And he doesn't desire to twist our arm and force us into submission, but to carefully show us the path to life. And so what we now know is that listening is not just about sounds, but it's about giving someone our full attention. It's about learning. It's about listening. Because when we listen We learn their culture, we learn their language, we learn how to make friends in that culture, right? But there's a big difference. Within the space of listening, there's two forms of it, right? There's passive listening, and then there's active listening. And I have to confess you guys that I oftentimes am a passive listener, right? Every Sunday, uh, you guys know that I've run and helped run the live stream uh, team here. Uh, I'm always running around, and for those of you guys who are running around in the service, you know that sometimes you're not in listening to whatever Pastor Eric is speaking about or whoever the, our speaker is. You just kind of get by. And I'm usually present on Sundays, but that doesn't mean that I always take in all the sermons, right? In fact, I struggle. And during the week, You know, I find myself trying to catch up with with all the technical stuff on Sunday. And during the week, I'm trying to like, trying to jam as much scripture down my throat right before the morning starts. Then I get into helping the kids and then heading to work. And then I hope that whatever I listen to trickle down to my heart and that it would be long enough that it would sustain me for the rest of the day. And what I find is that it's not enough because I passively listen as I drive and I passively drive as I listen And what I find oftentimes is that my spiritual muscles start to atrophy because I don't always take the time to actively practice those muscles. And I start to feel distant from God. And I start at times, if you guys have been here, you start to believe that you don't have or I don't have a relationship with God anymore. And every day... When we passively listen to anyone, anyone, guess what happens? Our relationship with them dies. I mean, for those of you guys who are single, I mean, can you imagine, you know, super excited, you rolled into, uh, you know, your date with your your best, you know, looks or whatever, you sit down at Panera Bread and you get a coffee for her or for him or whatever, you know, uh, And then you sit down, and the person's just on their phone. You know, and you start to share about your story, and they are like, oh, I've heard that. You know, let me tell you about what happened. I did that, too. You know, and they start talking about themselves only. It's lonely, right? (laughs) You probably don't want to say yes to that person after that. Or how about for you wives? Would you have said yes to marry your husband? if they were passively listened to you the entire courtship stage, you're like, this guy sucks, right? Like, why would I want to tie my life? I'm sorry, I said that word, I'm sorry. But like, you know, like, this guy is terrible, right? But like, uh, why would I want to be with him for the rest of my life if he's not listening to me, right? Or about for you kids? You know, you're, you're so excited to play a game with your parents and and in fact, you're like, hey, let's go play a game together. Let's do board night together or, or let's play Fortnite. Let's do Roblox, whatever they're into these days. And you, you walk up to them. You're like, let's do it. And they're like glued to the TV watching Squid Game or watching the Chiefs game or doing whatever they are. And they are like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it later. I'll do it. I'm listening. I'm listening, right? How many of us as kids remember experiencing that with our own parents it sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. I'm just so, it's painful, right? It's, it's, it's painful, right? It's terrible. But, but you know what? It's terrible because we feel that we're not being listened to. We're just being passively engaged. And we're given an answer before that person even listens to us. And Proverbs 18, 13 says, to answer before listening. This is folly and shame. And so this is, there's a great importance, friends. There's a great importance to why we must actively listen. We have to actively listen in order for any relationship to form, right? Because when we actively listen, that's the only time you and I ever learn. when when you, I'm not learning anything right now, right? Like, I'm just talking to you guys, right? Because I'm just sharing my thoughts. But when I ask you a question, I learn about something new. And not only that, actively listening to someone is the best thing because it shows the other person that you're trying to understand them. And the best thing in this life is not a car, it's not nice property, it's not crypto, it's not investments of the future, it's, it's friendship, it's relationship, it's, it's the understanding and having relationship with someone that cares about you and wants to know you. And the worst thing in life is to be misunderstood, to have your words be taken out of context and to be twisted and to be used against you. Uh, Dr. Henry Cloud said this, when people feel that they're not being listened to, they get frustrated, and it creates stress in their mind and body. Stress gets into people's basic feelings of security, and they start to get anxious, and they go into fight-or-flight And that's not what you want people to do, right? Because if you guys know the science behind it, when you get stressed, there's a lot of cortisol that gets pumped up into your brain, right? And then it gets lodged in there and your body starts to react to it. Your neck gets really stuffed, you know, know, just all stiff. And then you start getting dizzy for some people, you know. But the stress triggers a physical, biological response where you want to stay in there and like fight where you want to just peace out and run as fast as you can out of that conversation. And so the brain loses its capacity to process any information. And Dr. Cloud continues to say this. If you're trying to explain something to someone in that stress situation, their brain will prevent them from listening. You hear that? And now that you're not listening, they're not listening. And if you've seen anything, a political show with two talking heads barking at each other, You've seen the situation in action. Lots of talking, but almost no listening. And so on our, uh, on our next slide, we have um, uh, a really good sheet um, that I learned from Dr. Alan um, Godwin. You know, is the fact is, like, how do we then listen, right? Um, listening to somebody, thankfully, requires only five things. That's it. Five things, no more, no less. If anything that you walked away from today, from this sermon, try to remember this. And I think all of us know this instinctively, but Dr. Godwin puts it in a very easy to understand way. Number one, ask questions. Questions that say, it's important to me to understand what you're saying, right? So, so it, Because that tells the people that you care, right? Um, number two, pause before speaking, And he says this, have you ever experienced you're talking to someone who's anxiously waiting for you to finish so he or she can say his or her piece? Your conclusion. He's not listening to a word I'm saying. Pausing before speaking lets us assimilate what's being said and communicates that we're giving fair consideration to other people's views. Number three, avoid interrupting. I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are. We all hate to be interrupted. And the best way to understand other people is to avoid interrupting, right? And even if we disagree about what we're, what's being said, and, and Dr. Godwin says this, he says, interrupting says, I already understand you and what you're saying. Now it's time for you to hear my side. Number four is listen with body language. This is very, very important. Because sometimes we want to continue to talk or we want to continue to listen without even acknowledging how the person across from us is doing. Are they fidgeting, right? I mean, if you have kids, you know there are times when they're just fidgeting, just want to get out. They're not listening, right? But adults do it to each other all the time. We just have more uh, sophisticated means of masking it, right? But uh, Dr. Godwin says this, it's extremely frustrating to talk with someone who looks and sounds like a statue, while we're talking head nods verbal feedback eye contact all communicate that we're giving attention to what's being said and last but not least validation Um, you know validation is something over the years i've learned uh, uh from pastor eric a lot you know just as talking to him and learning from him and just seeing just some of the skills that our elders and steve would do uh for me and i remember many many years ago um when just talking to various people from our elders at our previous church, like this is the fact that they say, I see your point. I can understand how you might see it that way. I can see what you're saying. It makes sense to me that you feel the way that you do. I understand that. Most anyone in your situation will feel like that. There's something about that that acknowledges us, that helps us to feel safe, that communicates to, to you and to me. I don't judge you. But just because we know how to listen and just because we know this list doesn't mean that we can execute well. Because in each and every one of us, there are a lot of uh, barriers that are just baked into our souls. And I, uh, can we get to the next slide? These are just the barriers uh, to listening well, right? The first one is me first right? You want to talk about yourself first. The second one is self-referent, right? You've ever talked to somebody who, you know, you're about to be so excited about sharing them about this experience, and then as soon as they hear it, they start telling about their own story, about the same thing that happened to them, and then you walk away feeling like, oh, why did I even talk to you? <laughs> you know? Or number three, interruption. You know, we talked about that already. Don't interrupt people. Uh, negation, which is another one. When someone Is speaking to you, you're like, that's not true. That's fake. That's a lie. (laughs) Unfortunately, you know, our our country is in that state of negation. We do it to each other. Both parties do it to each other. The government does it to us. We do it to the government. Number five, which is devaluing and minimizing. And devaluing someone or minimizing or denying what they're saying is basically an attack them you know even when things are nicely said uh, sometimes when you walk out of those conversations you feel like did that person really even hear me (laughs) they were so nice though but I'm confused right you walk away and then you don't even know if there's any resolution and so when you're listening and responding your word choice and body language are is everything right Uh, the focus to be what is being said And we can't react in a way that undermines the person's character. So friends, I gave you a lot. So take a moment, deep breath. I know there's a lot to process through this. There's 10 things. That's a lot to remember, right? But at the end of this, I do want you to practice this, is to, over lunch, ask your spouse or your significant other or your parent or a friend, which one do I need to work on? And if you're not sure... Just ask. It's going to be hard. <laughs> but when we choose to listen to anyone besides God, we lose the ability to truly listen. Right? So we've, we've spent a lot of time focusing on listening to each other, listening to, you know, uh, experts in the field, and listening to our government or uh, organization that we belong to. But ultimately, how do we become a better listener? And that's listening to God. But we don't, right? And and no one's immune to this because as we mess up with our own relationships with listening— we look at the bodies of, of, um, of the past to see how much this had affected humanity, right? I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but the Reformation happened because leaders in the church were not willing to listen to the abuses. And so we had a split, a massive one. The American Revolution happened because the UK uh, uh, failed to listen to the needs of the colonists. The Chinese Communist Revolution uh, happened because many of the Western imperialists were not listening to the needs of the nationals. MLK marched because the U.S. government wasn't willing to listen to the black community. Our U.S. political climate today has many failures because the two parties aren't willing to listen to each other. And sometimes we think that by pretending to listen to the experts or to pretend to listen to our wisdom, when we separate that connection between us and God, we actually descend into greater darkness. And instead of bringing justice, instead of bringing uh, beauty and peace to the land, a lot of these human movements we've seen over and over from generation to generation descends into greater destruction. The very people that they sought to protect end up dying end up getting damaged even further. And then the cycle continues. And there's a big, there's a big reason for that. And the reason is because all of us are born deaf. Why is it that we can't truly listen? Which leads us to the next um, point. Why can't we truly listen? Have you guys ever seen someone uh, who's born with an impediment, speech impediment, or an arm is, you know, not growing out properly, or some sort of uh, syndrome, Kleinsfelter, whatever, right? No matter how much they want it to change, uh, their bodies continue uh, to move in the same way. Uh, The limp remains rubbing in places that aren't supposed to be rubbed together, uh, and they continue to be in a lot of pain. But I wonder if that's what it's like for our souls. You know, Our spirits are born with certain disfigurements that you and I can't see apart from the word of God. And we bend to particular sins and there are things that we continually fight to end and to repent of and yet we continually over and over go back to it like a dog that goes back and licks its own vomit. And I think it's because what God is telling us is that In this life, we may experience some healing, but the healing isn't complete until the end. Romans chapter 3, uh, verses 10 to 18 says this. As the scripture says, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. They talk is foul, like the stench from an open grave. Their tongues are filled with rush to commit murder. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follows them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. And so the theological point here, friends, is that we're all born with disfigurements. In the Bible, they call it sin. Sin. You're born into sin. You weren't created to be sinful. You were born into sin, right? God made us good, but from the fall, sin entered into humanity, right? And the the, the sad part is that you and I don't have the power to change that. We like to think that we can pull ourselves up from our own bootstraps or attend enough boot camps or life coach events that can actually change the way that we view life. But ultimately, that's just a behavioral change. The root is still going to rot. And so you and I can't overcome that. And even though God may use our story, he may use our wounds to carry his healing as we witness to other people, um, but outside as well, we can't even change If we can't change ourselves, we can't definitely change someone else. I mean, just as a dead man can't be resuscitated by a doctor, neither can the words of a preacher wake up a dead man. It's only through the power of God. And it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that comes in and changes our affections, changes the way that our desires are moved in our hearts. And and that's that's when things change. And the interesting thing about this life, friends, and I was just, just reflecting a lot about this, is that God seems silent a lot of times, doesn't he? But he's actually speaking all the time. All the time. Right? His voice is moving the trees outside. If you guys go and enjoy, the leaves are coming up every season. Right? He allows the rain to come down and waters the crops. The sun, by his spoken words, uh, words continue to, has, uh, to have power to shine. And the very Bible, the word of God that we read testifies to this. C.S. Lewis says this, We can ignore even pleasure, but pain insists about being attended to. God whispers to us, our pleasure speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. And in his, it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. So on the days that you and I are experiencing normal life, uh, God's voice is but a small whisper. But when we're in pain, when we're suffering, God is shouting most clearly. He's telling us to slow down. He's saying, listen, learn. Learn. Learn about what this life is really about, and if I'm honest with myself, I think the times in which I've learned the most has been the times in which I've suffered, the times in which I've been through difficult times. Um, You know, it's those times when you've gone through where you have those vivid scars and tragedies that represent monuments and milestones that have to change, uh, or changes had to happen because we had to change. And I think, you know, when we're going through intense trials or tribulations or griefs or situations that are difficult, uh, the the temptation is just to focus and fixate on that, you know. As, as we are as a family mourning, our friend Steve and in passing recently, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of uh, sorrow in our hearts um, that we don't want to slow down for because it hurts too much to, uh, to reset that fracture. Right? But God desires to do that and to heal. And so I think as I was just processing this week, I think part of the way in which we listen to God is just to remember back the days in which God has met us, memories, photos. And the reason why I showed you guys that little video, it brought me a lot of joy to remember what God has done in our life, how far he's led us to this point. Even though we're so fixated in this moment on the pain that we have, don't forget that God has led us through this far in the desert. right? And I think this leads me to um, our last point: is that as we learn to listen, friends, we learn to listen because God is the greatest listener, right? Proverbs eight, right? Chapters uh, eight, uh, verses six to nine says this: "Listen for what I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to the right uh, to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true." For my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them are crooked or perverse. To to the discerning, all of them are right. They are right to those who have knowledge. And friends, if you find that what you're hearing today is true, and you avail yourself to it, you surrender your heart to it, you allow yourself to trust it, and you want to listen to him, you start to see that God is truly a listening God. God. God didn't make us robots. He didn't make us automatons. He didn't make us, you know, he could have been easily a father who gave us everything he wanted, uh, that we wanted, right? But, you know, even our own earthly fathers, if, if that father gave us all that, that we ever wanted and never spent time with us, we would say that he was never there. And then God knows that. And so he doesn't give us all that we want, but he gives us a chance to ask him because he wants to be in relationship with us, right? He wants to be in relationship with us. But yet, God has every right to be mad at us, right? Every right to hold contempt and scorn against us because of all the things that you and I have done. But he doesn't. And there will be a day when he will judge everyone. But in the meantime... As we come to him, we share our sins, we share our brokenness. He, he invites us to listen to him. He is our great high priest and who is not removed from our struggles. And, you know, it blew my mind. It blew my mind when I remembered uh, way back when Steve was explaining to me what uh, prayer was. You know, he brought in uh, the explanation from Genesis. But as I was reflecting on that uh, this week of what he said... Um, It's the interesting thing is that Genesis, you see that after the fall, God doesn't say, Adam, I know what you did. I know you did something that you weren't supposed to do. He didn't say that. He knew that. Instead, he says this. He says, then the Lord God came and called to man, where are you? He called them because he wanted to know them. He wanted to speak to them. He wanted to listen to him. And that's good news. That's good news. That the God of the Bible is not a demanding God, but a listening God. A God that invites us into relationship that he may listen to us. And as you continue to read in the scriptures, you see this happen over and over. And Jeremiah 29, 12 says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Psalm 116 says this, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy, because he turned his ear to me. I will call to him as long as I live. Romans 5, 8 says this. God showed his great love to us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That's good news. That's good news. And when we listen to him, friends, when we listen to him, We become an extension of God to others. Does that make sense? When we take God's word and faith and live it out, others see Him. His word becomes flesh once again to us, as Christ was the Word in the beginning. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Hebrews 3, verses 12 to 15 says this. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting the God as we have firmly, uh, just as firmly as we have first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says today: when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. The way that we listen to God, friends, is we come to Him in prayer. We listen to him as we pray. And we lift up not our will, but his will be done. And he teaches us this in the Lord's Prayer, is to how to pray. Jesus taught us this, right? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, as we ask for our daily bread. And we ask that we would be able to forgive others. We ask to be delivered from evil. And I think those things are things that we learn as we learn how to pray from what Christ has taught us. And that is to seek God's will. We are to pray for forgiveness. We are to pray for deliverance. We are to ask for his provision. And I think it's important to remember is that it tells us that God wants to listen. He wants to. He wants to listen to us not merely because he has infinite power or knowledge, which he does, and not that he controls the universe and that you and I, I, he does, but because he doesn't want to violate your will or my will. Right? Because if you do something like that, we become robots, and the existence of love, true love, is extinguished. Because love is not forced. Love is a decision, right? To choose to care for someone regardless of how they feel about you. To choose to care and love with someone and do this act of service at the cost of yourself. And when you're able to do this for other people, you extend the hand of God to them. You show others that you're truly embodying him. You give Flesh and blood to the reality of God. And this is true because at the end of the day, we are made in God's image. And I just want to take this point today to share a story real quick. I have a picture on the next slide. You can get that. Is this past week, uh, one of the wonderful things is that Reagan and one of our friends, Erica, uh, got to visit the family that we've been. Uh, have adopted, right, the, or the Yajare family. And if you guys know, moving to a new place, whether foreign or domestic, it's tough because you just don't know anybody. And just part of caring for the families in our community is not so much, hey, we're hanging out with you so that you can believe in Jesus. No way. We don't have that power, and neither do we want to put that on anybody. We just, at the end of the day, want to listen them. We want to invite them into relationship with us. And Reagan and Erica made food, learned their, uh, learned their dietary needs, and made this pasta dish and banana bread, and just hung out and talked. And friends, that's, that's evangelism. That's witness. That's loving God is simply inviting someone else into relationship, giving them the privilege that we want to listen to them. I want to close with this verse. It says in John chapter 13, 34, 35 says, now that I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will provide to the world that you are my disciples. So friends, as we pray, as we move out in faith, and we're praying in the power of God, and he enables us to love, I just want to take this time to encourage you to listen to others and to listen to God's voice, because He wants to listen, and we reflect Him in the best way when we do. Uh, I, I just want to get to, our, to the video that our, uh, one of the last words that uh, Steve shared with us um, on, that's captured on tape for our church happened in 2020, uh, at the end uh, in 2021 actually, but it was just a reflection of what prayer is. So,
0: Prayer is asymmetric, and by that, I mean that what we put into it doesn't begin to match the level of the output, because God controls the output. He amplifies the input. He adjusts it. He makes the output perfect, because God does exceedingly above that, which we can think or ask. But we aren't supposed to ask. He commands us to, and we did that in 220. We pray for every ministry in our church, every missionary we supported, and on the numerous occasions... Of the suffering and urgent needs, we ask for healing, pardon, mercy, and deliver us from evil. And God heard us.
1: Well, friends, so I've got. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, friends, uh, let's come together as a family, a listening family. Let's come together at your own time. If you guys want to talk to me about prayer meeting, just send me an email and talk to me after the service. I'd love to hook you up on the schedule. Uh, But we want to pray together. Uh, Steve, that was one of his core uh, ministries here at our church, and uh, just one of the ways in which Steve honored God, we want to honor him, and that's availing ourselves to him and listening to him. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for today. Um, I know there's so much more to be said about how to listen, but uh, Father, at the end of the day, uh, we want to just reflect you. We want to reflect you to a world that hurts and is in pain. We want to be able to welcome those that don't know you to know you. But Lord, ultimately, uh, we want to rejoice because you rejoiced over us and you count it uh, worth it to die for us. And Lord, we, we love you. And we ask that you help us to draw near to you this day. In Jesus' name.